1: The series is called His Glory. We're looking at the various aspects of His glory next. His glory, God's glory. Today, on Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman returns to our series called His Glory as we look again at the glory of the gospel. If you would join us, we're in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1-4, through as we take a look at this glorious gospel, again, part of our series called His Glory. Won't you join us? This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. And again, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one, is where we catch up with Napoleon for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: I'm sorry that the people were hard on you and they were and they were telling you that you can't cheat on your wife and you can't cheat on your husband. I'm sorry that they told you that you can't you shouldn't be out there drinking, getting drunk, and, and doing drugs and alcohol. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, you know, that you went to church and, and they told you that you got to try to dress modestly and, and don't show everybody everything. Leave something for the, to be desired. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm sorry. And we start feeling sorry and apologizing for stuff that God told us in this book. And we've got to break this off of us. This cowardice, this softness, and we want to speak the truth in love. It has to be in love, but we shouldn't apologize for stuff that God told us to do. If the Bible says, Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, He's saying that's what we got to do. He's saying this is what I'm looking for you to do to lay down your life for your wife. Be a man, lay down your life. For your wife. Give of yourself for your wife. This is what God says in this Bible, but then we, 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 we're, we feel sorry, we withdraw, we're ashamed of the gospel. We get ashamed of it. But it's the message that helps to change somebody's life. It's the message, and when we're firm with the message, that if we start moving the bar around to make people feel uncomfortable, God is telling us that we have not been authorized to do that because this is His word. Can I have an amen, y'all? But people get confused in the church because they go to church, and it's like, we don't know where the bar is. And then, if the bar gets a little heavy, and it causes a little bit of a... Pressure on a person and the person complains, then pastors who aren't secure in themselves and ensure and secure in their calling and what God has called them to do, that they start cowering back and making, making, uh, you know, excuses for people and saying, No, it's okay now. It's okay. Just don't leave. So, so I have people that come to my church. And people get ashamed of the gospel. They start feeling sorry and they withdraw. They're not bold to proclaim the glorious gospel. But Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. And in this church, we want to have a, a healthy balance. We know people are growing and maturing and nobody in this room, including me, is perfect. But we still want to uphold the standard, so all of us are reaching for Christ and becoming more like Christ and doing what Christ says, and then we all get changed, Amen. We all get changed, and and we hold each other accountable to that standard so that God can work in our life. But we start withdrawing and we start getting ashamed. Well, man, does anybody on your, in your job know that you're a Christian? Does anybody... I'm not saying you got to be obnoxious, but people need to know where you stand. Can I have an amen, y'all? Anybody on your campus know that you're saved, that you love God? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? What happens is we got to get this in our mind, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's a message of the gospel that Jesus used to save my life. And for us as saints... We have to get back to this. We can't. We got to get out of this mold where, um, and I hate to say this, saints, where we don't have any kind of care concerning people's life, really. If we really care, if we really care about people, we're going to give them the truth and help them get out of their situation. I'm going to say this about being a pastor. Even as a pastor of this church, you know, there's a standard. You guys have, had, heard, had, have seen me get up before this church and have to, have to correct people or to tell, you know, sit people down. If I've had to sit people down, I've had at people actually get mad at me because I publicly came up here and said, we got to sit this brother down because he did X, X, and he's a minister or a deacon or whatever, elder in the church. We had to sit him down. And so we love him. We care about him. We're going to help him get, but we had to do this because, you know, this is something that he did. We love him. We're going to help him through his process, but we had to sit him down. I've had people come to me before in times past and say, why did you tell everybody I'm like, what do you mean? Why did you tell everybody that you had to sit them down? Because the Bible tells me that you have to tell everybody you had to sit them down. Can I have an amen? The scripture said, tell everybody that you have to sit them down and then get them restored and then put them back up. Praise God. But people are so used to sweeping everything under the carpet. They come here and those people, they leave the church. So I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. And let me say this. And that goes for me too. You guys have to hold all of us as preachers of the gospel to a higher standard. Because the scripture says that. It says that. That you have to. And so there's times when, when, you, when, when, uh, when stuff like this happens. And even in my own personal life. If I ever, I want you guys to know as, a, as the pastor of this church, if I ever had a problem... And I, and I felt like I was, and the scripture showed me and this Holy Spirit and the elders in this church. You wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to ask me to step down. I would step down because I have too much respect for God and the word of God to sit up here and can I have an amen and act like, you know, no. Step down, get cleaned up and then let God put you back in the game. But nowadays, people, they have no respect for the gospel. They have no respect for the ministry that as long as I'm getting seen, I'm good. But I love the Apostle Paul. I love the Apostle Paul because his heart was about the message. And his heart was about doing what's right in the sight of God. And for all of us, we got to get this back into the church. We got to get it back. We got to get it back. He says here, he says, for I'm not ashamed of of, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes. He says, for the Jew first and then also for the Greek. Now, there's no limitation to where this message can go. He says to the Jew first, this message is supposed to be preached to Jewish people. It's supposed to be proclaimed to them. The Apostle Paul says first. Because Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. And it has to be known that he is the Messiah. And he was the one that was prophesied about. And he was the one that it was declared. In Isaiah 53, it was talking about him. And as a result of that, There should be no limitations on who we should preach the gospel to, especially when it comes to Jewish people. And then also to the Greeks. That's the Gentiles. That's all of us. There's no limitations. And so it doesn't matter what color you are, what creed you are, what social economic background, how old you are, how young you are. The gospel is for you. The gospel is for humanity. The glorious gospel of Christ is for humanity. And we have to stop 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 thinking that that there's limitations the gospel is for africa the gospel is for peru the gospel is for japan the gospel is for the whole world it doesn't matter every single human being we got to get it in our spirit that i'll share the gospel with anybody I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white, I don't care if you're Chinese, I don't care if you are from the Philippines, I don't care what nation, what continent, what city, what state, I don't care, the gospel is coming to you and it'll come right through me because we are not ashamed. Can I have an amen, y'all? We are not ashamed. We got to get this in our spirit. Well, I don't know if I want to share this with them. I was talking to one of, the, one of the members of our church and she was telling us just yesterday, Minister Jennifer was there, she was just telling us that, you know that Bible that you gave Al Davis? I said, yeah. That Bible that you gave Al Davis, do you know it's still in his office right now? The same office now that his son Mark Davis is in? That same Bible that you got him is there. I said, praise the Lord. The word of God is not chained. The word of God is not chained. And it doesn't matter who you're in front of. You ultimately represent the king of kings. So we want to be able to share the gospel with anybody that we come. Well, I don't know if I want to. I don't know. What if the boss comes to you? and he's, he's, You can tell he's coming to you and he's looking for something in his life she's looking for something in her life get that shame off of you and give them the gospel can i have an amen y'all you may meet somebody when you're on the bart give them the gospel you may meet somebody your 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 your, your kids may bring one of their their friends over to the house and and you know they got problem they're looking for something give them the gospel Can I have an amen? And what happens? Your family member is out there struggling, looking for something. Give them the gospel. There has to be no limitation. And it doesn't matter if they're black, white, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. Give them the gospel. And for us as a church, we have to make sure that we're honing in on the message. Because the message is the power of God unto salvation. Can I have an amen? And I'm going to end with this. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to end with this. And I wasn't going to use this, but as I was over there worshiping, the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. And I want to share this with you. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 on down to 11. It says here in verse 3, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. There's a lot of crazy doctrines and teachings out there, y'all. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. Make sure that we're studying to show ourselves approved before God. And make sure that we have good filters so bad doctrine doesn't creep in and take us out of, 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 of our lives. And if, you, if somebody is trying to isolate you unto themselves... And tell you that they're the only ones that knows the message. You need to run from them fast. Can I have an amen? And this church, there's so many great churches all over the world. But if someone's trying to tell you that they're the only one that can speak into your life. They're the only one that knows the truth. They're the only one that has the message. They are lying. It's the devil. And we have to make sure that we're sensitive and we have great filters. He says that they teach no other doctrine. Look at verse 4. Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. I love this. Because as the apostle Paul, he was dealing with people, the Judaizers. And they were constantly coming back. And they were going into, well, I'm of David. And I'm of Paul. And I'm of this. And I'm of that. And they were always trying to trace their, their genealogies back to, back to uh, uh, all the way back to Abraham. And you see this going on right now. You see this going on right now, even with Muslims. Everybody's trying to trace their, where well, they're descendants of this, and they're descendants of that, and their descendants of And then now we got this new doctrine even within Christian circles, this black Hebrew teaching. Where these guys are trying to, they're trying to trace everyone's lineage back to this and back to that. And then saying that, that black people are the lost tribe of Israel. The devil's a lie. How desperate or insecure are you? It's not about your genealogy, because the truth be told, we all need to be crucified with Christ. So nevertheless, we live, but yet not I, but Christ lives in us. And that's what really matters. Can I have an amen? That's what makes you a child of God. You got to be born again. God's not worried about your genealogy. Jews need to be saved. Gentiles need to be saved. Blacks need to be saved. Whites need to be saved. Chinese need to be saved. Filipinos need to be saved. Indians need to be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. (laughs) Can I have an amen, y'all? But it's insecurity. It's, it's, you know, I want to, I want to show that, and it's all rooted in pride and insecurity. God's not worried about your genealogy. And so the apostle Paul, he says it here, and you, and I just love it. He says, look at verse 4, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in Christ. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. He says, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk. Worthless communication. It's worthless. It's worthless. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you all day about whether I'm the lost tribe of Judah. I don't care. (laughs) I care about the blood of Jesus and him saving me and changing my life because it doesn't matter according to this book i'm not going to sit here and talk to you how much are we going to talk about and people they just it's endless it just keeps going and you never get to all it is is a bunch of arguing and then everybody goes their certain ways and nobody gets anything done let me say this to you all will say sir, you know there's a place in there's a place in europe where they go and they, and they have these debates in this park out there. I forgot the name of the park. And one day I was watching this little video, and this Muslim guy was arguing with this Christian guy, and they were just, they were at this a speaker's corner in England. They're at speaker's corner, and they're just going back and forth. And I'm watching it, and I'm saying, this is so stupid. It's so stupid because this person over here, he, he, he's already fixing what he believes. He's doesn't going to, he's not going to believe it. And this person's already fixing what they're, so they're just going blah, 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 blah. It just babble. And no one's sincerely wanting to know. They're both just trying to prove their point. And so there's no openness of heart to, you know what I do? Oh, you know, I want to, no, no, I'm just, it's a fight to prove who, and that's what happens. Know when to say, okay, I'm going to give you the message, and then know when to say, ah, you're not ready, man. You just want to fight with me. I don't have time to fight all day. Know when, because I'm telling y'all about the power of the message, but know when to cut the faucet off. I gave you what I could, I'm moving on. I'm not going to sit here for the next five hours. Now, when I was young in my faith, I used to do that. And I wasted so much time. I would come home to my wife and I would be huffing and puffing. My wife would be, what's wrong with you? I just got into with this guy at the Bible bookstore. <laughs> Remember that, honey? I would come, I would be mad. I would be hot. I was like, man, this guy's tripping. It's like, what? Are you mad? Why are you so mad? I'm just hot, man. I can't believe he didn't believe what I had to say. And we're in the Bible bookstore. And I'm like... And I would sit there for like three hours arguing with a guy who was not going to hear what I had to say. And so we're going back and forth. And I would come home hot. And then my peace would be gone. Can I have an amen, y'all? My peace is gone. It's vanished. Because I'm arguing with this person all day. I'm up. And then I try to, go to my, I try to go to my prayer room and get some peace from God. And God said, I'm not in this." God wouldn't even come down and comfort me. No, I'm serious. He went and I would just, I'd be like, Lord, he was tripping. And I tried to tell him for you. And he didn't want to receive it. And he was, and Lord help me. Give me what to say to touch. And I would just, it would like be talking to this ceiling. <laughs> y'all laughing because some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At some point in time, we got to say, you know what? This is foolish talk. It's idle babble. It's worthless. It's not going to mean anything. They're not going to listen to what I have to say. So, okay, I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine. Can I have an amen? So I want to balance that out. Now, look at this, y'all, and let's close it. He says here, he says, verse 9. No, 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 no. Let's go back up. He says, Verse 5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it, what? Lawfully. Okay, now this is important. Okay? This is a great doctrinal point. Just because we are under grace and no longer under the old covenant does not mean that the law is not useful. That the law is not useful. Because God still gives us, to com- gives us commands. And in fact, he takes it even a step further. He says, it has been written in times past that a man shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, every man that looks upon a woman that lusteth after her, has already committed adultery. So he took it to another level. Okay? And so God still has a standard for righteous living and what he wants us to do, but we have to use the law lawfully. Use it right. And then he goes on and he begins to give us understanding here. He says in verse 9, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, Or a person that's living right before God. He said, but for the lawless and insubordinate. He says, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars... For perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. The law is a mirror. Okay? And so, when we're meeting with people, and I want to say this, saints, when we're meeting with people, people have to be confronted with the true condition that they're really in. And the way that the confrontation really has its effect is when you tell people and show people through the Scripture what the Word of God says about their condition. Okay? So we we can't hide those Scriptures away. If somebody is fornicating, you love them, but the Bible says don't do that. Okay? And so the Word of God, the law of God Is to be used in that case. Well, you know, the Bible says you can't do that, man. And so here it is. But what happens is people are afraid to allow the gospel. He said the glorious gospel and the blessed God. The gospel to be presented in its fullness. And that means the law aspect of God's rule. His commandments. Hey, there are do's and don'ts in this Bible. And that's okay. God doesn't tell us to not fornicate. Because he's trying to keep something good away from us. He knows what fornication ultimately can do if we're not watchful. Next thing you know, you're dealing with soul ties. Next thing you know, you're thinking about a person and you're going through problems. Next thing you know, you're going through all these issues. And God forbid, now what happens is then you get pregnant. Now you're having babies. And then now you got two or three baby daddies and baby mamas. Then you got to deal with that drama. Can I have an amen? It leads to something that is unhealthy. And don't let me start talking about STDs and everything else. And so what happens is God is saying, don't do it like that. I got a better way for you. And that's how God looks at it. And so the law is there to help us, not to hurt us. But what happens is you tell people that, and then they get mad, leave the church. Why? Because people don't want to repent. And for us as the saints, we have to love the gospel and the message enough that even those things in here that are tough, that we have to be able to say it to people in love and say, this isn't something I made up. It's something that he wrote right here in this book. I can't hide this from
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.